and welcome back to another Mean Green Podcast. This is episode 18. Milo, our podcast is legal. Woo! Woo! Turns 18 episodes old today. Go and live it up, buddy. You know, it got its driver's license two episodes ago. Now it is a legal adult and it can be tried legally. Not that it would ever be tried because this is a very moral podcast, but... <laughs> anyway episode 18 how are you doing today man i am good i am very good very excited that it is friday eve thursday afternoon recording on a thursday yet again um although i think we recorded on a friday last week didn't we yeah so we're um we're 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 pushing over to a little bit of a later recording times but the the inconsistency gang the inconsistency gang and to think we were going to call this the tuesday talk the mean green tuesday talk was almost a thing but we changed it after the first episode because one we didn't think the name was that strong and two we didn't believe and always do get on tuesday (laughs) and so um, yeah we've we've kind of held to that right or we've kind of been switching days first we started with a wednesday and i feel like past couple of weeks largely because of me but you know um <laughs> thursday friday it doesn't matter at the end of the day we still get this yeah. episode out so yeah we do we get you your yeah. content and you can open wide and swallow it i don't know man it's been an interesting week for me um those basketball games um Man, that Sunday game for UNT right before the NFL Divisional or the NFL Championship games was pretty intense, man. Um, Definitely. UNT lost to FAU. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, then they again lost on Wednesday to UAB. Both losses were by three points. So, I mean, they're get, they're there. They're in position to win, and they're just not winning which is something we can talk about later in the podcast. But right now, I want to know how your week's been, man. It's been good. Uh, it's been good. I don't know if you can hear the, the dog barking in the background, but <laughs> lot, lots of dogs in this apartment complex that have really yeah. been rustling my feathers for the past few <laughs> days, all week, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been good. You know, my my weekdays are usually pretty stale, usually the same old, same old. I'm not the most interesting person Monday through Friday, but Saturdays and Sundays uh, tend to be a little adventurous and go out and do things. Well, so makes uh, sense. But yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Work's going okay. It hasn't been too uh, hasn't been too busy. It's definitely mellowed out a little bit. But yeah, it is what it yeah. is. What about you? For sure. You know, it's been all right. Um, I mean, there's just not much to write home about. You know, it's been just school, busy work, Spanish, communications. I mean, just the normal, the norm. You know, but the the one thing that I am a little little envious of you about oh. is the fact that you're you're still in college, so you get that college. I know you're you're, you're frowning, but when you're in college and you're going to class, you get to see things that you normally wouldn't see, you know, on, on your way to campus. And yeah. you get to see things that, um, you know, you can go home about and, and share with your friends and family and fellow listeners on another Mean Green podcast. Um, like an example of that, you know, I remember walking through campus and all of a sudden I see some guys with uh, signs and they got blood stains on their crotch and they're protesting 
circumcision. So wow, I just wow, want to say that, those guys. that yeah, but I just want to say that that is a prime example of really odd and interesting things that you can see as a college student. So um, I am a little bit jealous, but we'll, well we'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure I'll have that foresight after i graduate but right now i just want to yeah. get the hell out of school um and that's valid yeah that is objective number one in my life there is nothing that trumps that for me right now it's just getting yep. out of school um reporting has been fine the last few weeks i mean just not a lot to report finally getting out some softball content i know a lot of people just me and brett Vito were talking about this yesterday um I'm like the softball guy. People go to me to for softball content. You know, like my basketball content, yeah. My yeah. football content, eh, okay. But the softball content is what makes the people come run into me and you know, I think I hyper fixated on softball for my first 2 years of reporting, then year 3 was kind of everything and then now year 4 uh, once again, everything, but people wait on me for softball because I'm the only one that like consistently covers it. Uh, I doubt the daily will be able to cover it to the extent I do, but I know they'll be attempting to send a guy out there, but, um, we'll, well see. I think it, I think it's also, um, it's a reflection of you. You know, you love baseball. It's your favorite sport That's and true. Uh, softball is, I guess the second closest thing to it because UNT doesn't have a baseball team. So, yep. I'm one of the only people I know that can sit down and watch a full baseball game for nine innings and not like get bored once. Yeah, I can't watch more than uh, more than a minute. So, but you know my stance on that on baseball. I do know your thoughts. You don't have to elaborate anymore because I for sure know your <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Quiet, puck man. Uh, knower of puck. Knower of puck. Well, I'm a dater of puck, so you're a date, bro's a dater of puck. You yeah. you got you got <laughs> damn puck dater. <laughs> I'm a puck chaser. <laughs> if, if she don't play puck, man, I don't want to talk about it. If she don't play the puck, you can leave her. Hey man, I don't want none of them grass girls around me. I want them ice girls. <laughs> hey, some some teams they got some ice girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if got, she can't skate, then I won't date. You know, it's very hard to become an ice girl. Well, I mean, what this... is what does it take to be an ice girl? Well, you got to know how to skate. That's that's oh. the that's the first step. And for most people, they really don't know how to skate. Um, I guess the second part being, uh, you know, you might have to fit the qualifications physically. Um, and, uh, yeah, that might be a little bit difficult for some people. So, uh, those, uh. Phys- those physical qualifications can really get to you. And then also, um, <laughs> also, you know, you gotta have willingness. You gotta have willingness to show oh, up those, yeah. those ice girls. What they do is they, they go on, they go on the ice, um, every media timeout. Wow. And well, not every media timeout, but often they'll go on the ice and they'll shovel it. They'll shovel the snow, and while the all the uh, the game is in a commercial break. Uh, so you know, you just gotta have commitment to being an ice girl. And look at us here—we are talking about ice girls on another Mean Green podcast. 
I just want to preface and say that I don't really know anything about him outside of the fact that I've seen him on the ice, especially in um, in Dallas. Watching the Dallas Stars, they got a a loaded Ice Girls crew, and they <laughs> they they know how to shovel that snow. Wow! So, yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, the more you know, Ice Girls makes go. sense. A little bit of an uh, Ice Girls segment. Human Zambonis. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's a very interesting concept. That's one more thing I'm it is. Say. because because you have an actual like vehicle, right? And it's but it's huge. It's huge. So you can't bring it out onto the ice every 5 minutes or every 15 minutes, every 10 minutes. Yeah. So you just you rally up a couple of uh, attractive women and send them out on the ice. <laughs> maybe, well, that, maybe that's a little bit wrong to say, but you know. no, I mean, makes sense. Um, the more I had no idea uh, any of that exists, Id. So um, interesting, interesting. My ice girl yep. uh, is not an ice girl. She uh, she plays in the crease. She makes the crease yeah. hurt. So, uh, shout out to uh, Kasit, the goalie of my life, G O M L, if you will. All right. All right. um, I'm the cornball of the week this week, but let's go get my thoughts. You know, a lot of people like to read into things, but I'm telling you to not read into it. And today, I don't want to read into this, man. The Super Pit Wi Fi. So, if you're not a member of media, if you're just going to the Super Pit to enjoy a UNT men's basketball game, and judging by the attendance at the UAB game, this probably does not apply to you. But um, the Wi-Fi sucks there. Really, really bad. So yesterday, I'm it, it the UAB game. First half, I get out my tweet. Oh, hey, folks, follow along for this big game between UNT and UAB. I get that tweet out, sends with no problems. I get a couple of more tweets out, send with no problems. All of a sudden, my Wi-Fi just cuts out, stops working. So I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll just use my phone's hotspot. I use my phone hotspot, and that doesn't work either. So what I end up having to do is, with my phone, I just left my laptop and stuff at the media table, I had to go back up, like, into the general admission seats under the the uh, away basket I had to go up into those and sit at the very top to where I got cell data and I, I figured I'm just like I'm not gonna I hate live tweeting from my phone I'm not gonna live tweet from my phone so what I end up doing is taking a picture and being like hey sorry guys the wi-fi sucks and I am not able to tweet right now tune back in the second half so my first half coverage of last night's game was non-existent. The Wi-Fi completely didn't work. And some I'm not going to say who it was, but somebody in the, the back of the arena who, who works with the team um, was telling me, like, yeah. So I was talking to the SMU people that came and used the, the Wi-Fi, and they were like, man, the environment was good. Like, the big crowd was good, but the venue sucks really bad. And I'm like... That is absolutely correct. The venue is not good. The Super Pit, sure, environment-wise, when they fill it, pretty good. But in terms of every other amenity, including Wi-Fi, um, 
especially for journalists, it sucks really bad. Um, and and you, when you usually go to these games, you'll have a private network for for journalists. Like there, there's going to be press box Wi-Fi um, usually. But at the Super Pit, they do not have that private Wi-Fi network. And so what you end up having to do is connect to EagleNet. And you went here, Milo. You know how bad EagleNet is. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. It's and, terrible. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't suffice for what you needed to. So usually I just use my phone hotspot. But the damn thing wasn't working either. So, yeah, you know, it just wasn't fun. Uh, pretty much yeah. screwed up my night. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I mean, I remember going on Twitter that evening and uh, I was looking for a score, you know, score updates to see what was going on. And I, I remember you sent out a tweet and I saw it said 30 minutes ago and I hadn't seen anything else after that. I was like, oh, so then you came back in and said that you were having Internet problems. And but that's understandable in a very old arena, right? Very yeah. old arenas. You tend to a have really lackluster. Arena. Yeah. You really have bad bad connection uh, in those older arenas. I mean, even in new arenas as well. Uh, but still, a lot of those older facilities they're they're really yeah. shut eye for Wi-Fi. Yeah, for sure. Um, was frustrating. Was frustrating. That's my little don't read into it seg- yep. segment this week. And what we can do is talk about what happened in the Super Pit this week. But first, we got to go to Boca Raton to the Abacino Court at Eleanor R. Baldwin Arena in Boca Raton, Florida, where UNT dropped a huge conference game against number 22, Broad Atlantic University, as we like to call them on our podcast. UNT takes a 28-26 lead into the locker room, then get outscored 40-35 to in the second half to drop a game that they had in their pocket against FAU on the road would have been a huge ranked win would have been, excuse me, would have been huge for the net ranking would have been huge for conference ranking, but uh, they, they drop it. Uh, Jason Edwards had a big game again, seven for 15 from the field, 16 points. Nolan had 14 Allen had 15, and John Bugs had 12, going four for five from the three-point area. I don't know. I mean, that final shot by John L. Davis, I don't know about your thoughts about it, but in my opinion, that was just a great shot by a great player, and there's not much you can do about it. Yeah, I I think that sums it up. <laughs> I think it was also one of those things where you could kind of feel the way the game was going in that final minute. And I knew that when he put that shot up, I was like, watch this one in. And it did. So, <laughs> well, um, it was, know, yeah, I think the whole game in itself, it was kind of a testament to UNT and it showed how UNT, they ran with FAU the whole night. The whole night. And I've said it all along. FAU's overrated. They're fraudulent Atlantic University, and they shouldn't be ranked in the top 25. And yeah. I think that kind of proved it, right? I mean, you literally were point, like point five seconds away from, you know, going to overtime with an unranked team um, in UNT. But yet you have your star player just barely edges out a win for you. Uh, I I don't know. I, I think 
I think you really sum it up perfect, though. It's you know, yeah. just a, a great shot by a great player, and and John L. Davis was great all night. Uh, Jason Edwards was also really good too. And so was Aaron Scott, but um, you know, I, I think UNT just has to find a way to hold on and, and come away with that win because you you ran with them all night, all day. Yeah, yeah, you did. Twenty eight points for Davis uh, against UNT on Sunday. Great night for him. Um, I think with Ruben Jones, UNT at least gets this one to overtime. Um, oh yeah, because you figure on that play, Jones is on Davis. Um, yeah. Ruben has now missed the last two after coming back against SMU and re-aggravating that hamstring um, in the second half of that game. Has not played since then. Probably is not going to play for a majority of February is what I would think. Um, That's a guess. That is by no means an official word. Um, But I I, just the way things are trending doesn't look like they're going to get him back in the next week or two. So that's a big loss. It is. That's a big loss too. And and we saw it. We literally saw it over the past two games because honestly with him in the lineup against FAU, they probably come away with the win. Probably. They they probably come away with the win. You notice when they, the, when UNT does not have Ruben Jones, teams are pressing the out of them. So they'll be all over them and on the back court because most of the time it's Jason Edwards taking up the ball or John Bugs or Rondell Walker. And a lot of times without Ruben, who can really press the issue, sprint down the court. You know, one of the biggest things you heard Ross Hodge yell at his team yesterday was go, go when they were yep. being <laughs> when they're when they were being held on one side of the court because they just don't have a guy that can just near like power through like Ruben. You know, it's his, it's their senior guard. He he knows how to get out of those full court presses. And teams know that he's not healthy and he's not on the court. And so he can't be the commander out there. And and that's kind of what UNT has looked like in the second half against FAU and UAB. It's been a a unit that's good enough to beat these teams, but can't close it because they don't have their general out there, you know? Yeah. um, I think especially against UAB. Yeah. A a little bit of a disappointing loss because – you ran with FAU, number 22 team, by the way, even though they shouldn't be. They're still number 22. Um, you ran with them without Ruben, right? So you would think yeah. UAB would be a little bit easier for you to handle without him. Uh, and same situation. I mean, they blew that game. They blew that game against they, UAB. They yeah. Like that I mean, was that they, was bad. They led by 17 points with three minutes to go in the first That half. was bad. I mean, you. I mean, I even saw it from – Guys on UNT Twitter, I know Miles literally all time all time tweet from him said he hated his life uh, after that game, and then uh, Willie Moriarty as well. Um, you know, see, so just the reactions across the board uh, definitely depicted exactly yeah. what went down yeah. last night. I mean, when you lead by seventeen points, your lead scorer has thirty one points. You should be winning the game, and. The, what Hodge was saying after that game yesterday is, you know, pretty accurate is that this team is a team that's been predicated on defense, but they have not been able to defend to the best of their ability in the second half of these contests. The last few days, they gave up 82 against UAB. 82 is insane. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. They just don't, they don't score. Yeah. They don't give up. 
that many points. They just don't. You know? I mean, yeah, that's I their uh, that's their highest of the season. They give up 77 to Northern Iowa in the, in the first um, official game of the season because they played Sam Houston at the exhibition. But they gave up 77 there, but... Um, it, Even against Mississippi State? Yeah, they Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State did not get them that bad. Mississippi State got dropped 72 on them. But yeah. once you start getting in the 80s, it's like, what's going on with this team? And, I mean, you and I, I think we're both in agreement. What's going on with the team is they don't have Reuben Jones. Oh, yeah. Plain yeah. and simple. That's your starting guard right there. Yeah. yeah. And he's he's the facilitator. He's not going to score 20 points every night, but he's the best defender on the team. You could debate that he's maybe the best defender in the conference. Uh, yeah. He makes, you know, decisions like he's a fourth year player. He's your leader he's too. Your, he's your, your veteran is. presence. This is a team yeah. that doesn't exactly have a lot of veteran presence on it. No. Um, and, you know, I mean, you look at your two leaders and Aaron Scott, Reuben Jones, and you're without one of them. So yeah. <laughs> obviously you're going to feel the loss of it in a, in a game in a situation that you were in against FAU, yep. um, you need a leader there in a big game moment. You need a leader there, and they yep. clearly didn't have it. And then against UAB, you kind of need someone to to keep you in check, right? Someone yeah. who's not who's not going to quit early like the team did when they were up by seventeen. Yeah, and there was that weird. Pl- you were watching, right? Uh no. You were busy. but yeah, you were busy. Okay, so but the yeah. play that tied it in regulation. So CJ Nolan. Runs down the court, puts one high off the glass and in. Uh, UNT's up 72-70 with like five seconds to go. So the ball is inbounded, right? Eric Gaines, the LSU transfer, they're rolling it down the court. And Hodge is chasing the ref going, time out, time out, time out! (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, I I did hear about that. I he just couldn't get get the guy's attention. The ref just could not. Did not acknowledge him. So, Gaines, so is that where is that where I'm seeing a lot of UNT fans saying that the refs yeah. suck? Yeah. Still, yeah. I mean, it, it was both yeah. ways. In my opinion, it was both ways. Um, but uh, Gaines picks up the ball uh, around the timeline, passes it to Hexel Lindeborg, and he just had a free lane to the bucket, and he dunks to tie the game with like a second left. I think yeah. it was like a second and a half left. So, I mean, that's a rough way to, one, go to overtime. And then, two, they got to overtime. was a pretty exciting period. Ten to seven. Could not hit the three-pointer at the end. It did not even, I think it was contested. Edwards just, it did not go very close. It was a corner three, and it was deflected as time ran out. Um but no, Jason had 31, uh, Aaron Scott had 20, CJ Nolan had 17, Rondell with eight. Uh, but man, if you just look at this UAB uh, box score here, they had five players in double digits. So Ephraim Johnson had 18, JV and Davis had 16, Linda Borg had 16, and Vasquez had 15, and you know Eric Gaines had 10. So, so you're just not playing good defense all no, around. No, I mean you're that's just really it, what it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean that what that is is all if five players on the court, including four of five starters, 
drop double digits on you, you're just not playing good defense. Yeah, because, exactly I mean, against FAU, it was marginally better. I mean, John Davis still dropped almost 30 on you. Yeah. But I think it was him and then one other guy for FAU that yeah. were doing numbers, and then everybody else was kind of, you know, locked down. But Yeah, Goldine missed two yeah. games. Yeah, so I, I don't know. The team's just overall not playing defense. No, they're not. Yeah. Uh, it's there's just not much to say other than that. I mean, they're just not they're a team that's that's a top five defensive team in the country, but has not shown that the last two games. So, you know, I, I think that they'll figure it out. Um, the players were dejected after the game. Uh, didn't want to be in that interview room. I will tell you that. I mean, it's a game you really shouldn't have lost. And, well, you know, yeah. it, it hurts your it hurts your chances as well. At finishing top in this conference, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you really, if you're looking at you're looking at your schedule here, your only two losses really should be to FAU and Memphis. I mean, really, at yeah. UAB you should have squeaked away with the win. I know they're also up there as, as one of the top teams in this conference technically, but um, yeah, I think you should have come away with the win there. Yeah, I think so as well. Um... And as the standings sit, uh, North Texas is now uh, in, I was going to say sole possession, but they are a half game up on SMU for fifth place in the American Athletic Conference at five and three. Uh, Florida Atlantic leads the conference with Southern, pardon me, with South Florida, not Southern Florida, with South Florida and Charlotte. They're all seven and one. And guess who comes to Denton on Saturday, Milo? Who? Those bulls of UC- USF. So another big opportunity for UNT to steal one against a team that's higher ranked than them in, in the conference. Uh, 12 and 8 overall for UNT. So not great. But we've seen yeah. them have really bad uh, conference seasons and then bounce back in the, uh, in the tournament. Uh, I think uh, 2021 should tell you all everything you need to know about what this team can do in the postseason everybody remembers that three-day gauntlet to the tournament that McCaslin got uh the the team to of course Ross Hodge is the understudy of McCaslin and you know you'll see if he can replicate that and I just want to reiterate this UNT plays Charlotte again they play UAB again they play USF on Saturday and they play Florida Atlantic to close the season so there is a path to the top of the conference still, you know, just oh, because yeah. they're, yeah, just because they're five and three does not mean that the dream is over for them. Oh yeah. They can yeah. still catch this thing. This this league in general is wide open. The only thing that's going to hold back UNT is that each of the top three have won over five straight. Charlotte's won seven straight yeah. FAU and USF have won six straight. So. Yeah. I think they, they got to string together some streaks here. Yeah. And yeah. and we'll get to this later, but <laughs> Memphis is four and four, sitting at fifteen and six <laughs> in seventh place. Uh, yeah, but but we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah, we'll save that. It's for right now. Let's do our bab portion of the show. Women's basketball. UNT <laughs> women's basketball picked up a huge win on Sunday against UAB, who is second in the AAC. They were tied for first, not anymore, ladies and gentlemen. UNT beat them pretty, um, pretty. Uh, how do I say this? Uh, pretty good, 
I'd say. Uh, they kicked their ass. How about that? Uh, 87 That's a good way of putting it. There you go. 87-72. Uh, prime possession of first place. But Milo, it was short-lived. It was three days that they had prime possession. Or I should probably use the word sole possession, if that sounds a little better. Sole possession of the American Athletic Conference. Because just three days later on Wednesday... UNT dropped. They tried to do the men's basketball impression, and they dropped a close one in overtime, 75-67, <laughs> against UTSA at the historic Convo. The Convocation. The gym. Yeah. The historic San the Antonio con- The gym. historic Convo. They dropped it there um, with about can five believe, people in attendance. Can you believe that they do everything there? Like, they play volleyball I, there. They play basketball there. They have graduations there. Like, what else do they do in that, in that little gym? They do it for, all. For UNT versus UTSA, just UTSA. And just for just for context, let me tell you that uh, at, the, at the pit, uh, 1,500 tickets were sold uh, for the UNT women's basketball game against UAB. Uh, how, much, how many tickets do you think uh, UTSA sold? Um, so I know they like to inflate it. Let's say maybe 200. Uh, 924 at the oh, uh, wow. historic <laughs> Convo. Now I feel bad. <laughs> 250 is kind of crazy, bro. 200. <laughs> okay, but realistically. Okay, so you figure in, you figure in, okay, families of the players. Uh, okay, you know, families of coaches, maybe families of, uh, I don't know. I mean, who else wants to go? Maybe friends as well. But once you factor all that in, it told us to be 900. The 900 I mean, people? For UTSA, I don't know. Nine, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it'd be, I don't know. I, I can't see 900 people showing up to UTSA. They're men's and they're UT, they're women's yeah, and them. men's basketball. Their attendance sucks, dude. Yeah, it's because nobody wants to go to those bum ass venues, man. Yeah. Come on, yeah, man. Exactly. They only show up to the Alamo Dome. Yeah, and everyone and UT and all the UTSA fans are like, "Give us an on-campus stadium." It's like, yeah, what? So you can fill up twenty percent of it and be just yeah. like UNT. That's the thing. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Bonus read take here. That's the thing, and I know we're getting off topic, but that's the thing about UTSA that it, that that bothers me the most. That they have this idea that somehow they're above other group of five teams, but yeah. it's like, check that attendance. They're really yes, not. They get pretty really good attendance not. at the Alamo dome, but it's still UTSA. You're actually working with probably less money than what you were working with, what they're working with at UNT. And if Another, you're, a, UT, yeah. if you're yeah. a UTSA athlete, like Caddy Barra used to be and what John Bugs used to be, I bet you're skipping your way out of town because don't they do they've met Lisa Compost and and really just everyone to do with athletics have made it very clear that they do not care about any other sport than football. It's blatantly obvious. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're I mean they're invisible. They're invisible on on Twitter now by the way because I remember UTSA fans I could not open up Twitter without seeing at least one of them beefing with a UNC fan. I have not seen a single UTSA fan on Twitter ever since football season ended. Now, I, I know it's probably just Twitter algorithm on my feed, but it also goes to show that 
I'm not seeing any UTSA fans because now is their hush yeah. hush season because they're not good at hush basketball. Hush. They're only good. They're only good at football, so they only come out for that. Uh, but anyways, like you said, <laughs> like you said, that's kind of what you get. You're talking about everybody, you know, wanting to jump ship as soon as possible. That's what you yep. get when you attend a school that's called at Texas University, University of Texas at San Antonio. You know, they're a satellite school, so they are below the majority of G5 programs. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I will say about that. And all right, yeah, we're, we're that's our one. It was liable to happen. That's our one UTSA slander session of the podcast. We've made it very clear. We are not fans of you. Uh, unbiased, unbiased. I'm not saying I don't like UTSA because the teams. I'm saying I don't like UTSA because I don't like San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, that that's really it. I mean, it's not it's not because we love UNT and we want to spoon feed a rivalry, right? <laughs> and before and before it's anybody just, says yeah. anything, before anyone says anything, I want to I want to make it very clear right now that Milo and I are people of color. So it do, it has nothing to do with that. I grew up in San Antonio. Yeah, I literally I that's there, where right? I I spent, I don't know, over a decade of my life there. So yeah, uh, the know, I, I know like the ins and outs. Yeah, it sucks because it sucks. That's it. It sucks. And then the people that attend UTSA, it's also UTSA is kind of known as that, you know, school that you don't really want to go to. Yes. It's kind of like your last resort school. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, to talk pretty nicely about the the Roadrunners, <laughs> um. The key to stopping U- UNT women's basketball for the Roadrunners on Wednesday was really stopping Desiree Kernal, or Colonel. Um, she had her worst game of the season by far. 0 for 9 from the field. Three points. Four fouls. Seven rebounds. So the rebounds like, were all right, but man. It's like Tony Snell. She was putting, she was running pacer laps. Cardio. <laughs> yeah, she was doing some cardio out there. UTSA just shut her down on Wednesday night. You're not always going to get a big night from your star player. UNT certainly did. And uh, Deonna Ro- Robinson uh, led the team with 18 points, uh, went six for 14 from the field, five for five from the free throw line. But really for UTSA, it was their guard, Idara Udo, who put the game away. 14 points, four for five from the free throw line, five of nine from the field. I mean, pretty much just a team effort. They played good defense. They stopped that really quick Jason Burton offense. And as a result of that, women's basketball is now tied for first. They get the old T-1. <laughs> <laughs> because UAB kept it going. They won on Wednesday. They're now seven and two, and UNT is seven and two. Of course, on the standing page, UNT will still hold an advantage over UAB because, of course, the young women did win the head-to-head on Sunday. So they still hold asterisk sole possession, but it is tied at the top. That could, if it comes down to they have the same record, who knows? You know, they yeah. got to play them one more time, but I don't know. I, I don't think it's a, it's a huge deal uh, that UNT women's basketball lost. They had won seven straight. Um, yeah. And no I, I know back. that this, yeah, this team is you know, kind of predicated off bouncing back and, 
and uh, not letting one bad loss get to them. So and we've seen we've seen them bounce back and go on on streaks several times this year. They're a very streaky team, so I'm sure that yeah. they'll they'll string together a few more. For sure. And the bad news for both for both programs is that the home streak is over. Both teams started 17 and 0 at home. It's a good point. UNT women's yeah. basketball still nine and zero at home, but UNT men's basketball eight and one. No, no, <laughs> oh no! no. They hadn't they hadn't lost at home since no. when? Tw- since late early twenty twenty three against know. UAB actually. Yeah, that's <laughs> they, funny. They lost to UAB at, at home, um, but. That is what it is. I mean, that's it for our hardwood section of today's podcast. The hardwood dominated by Alabama Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah. UAB encroaching on both men's and women's basketball. Alex Kelly, the men's (laughs) basketball head coach, without jelly, is showing that his team can still compete. Maybe without jelly, you still got some peanut butter. But Alex Kelly, (laughs) he will telly with no jelly anyway that was very uh was poetic no who was that one guy that did do you did they make you watch cnn 10 when you were in high school cnn 10 do you you remember like carl azuz do you remember that guy hold on what what does he look like carl he looked exactly like his name would be carl Carl azuz here he is this guy looks goofy dude he He kind of looks like um... he's corny as hell (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why does he kind of remind me of jim carrey a little jim carrey-esque <laughs> he's getting a little jim carrey oh he's no longer the host of cnn 10 wow so it was like September a, 2022 it was pretty much just like news designed for middle schoolers and high schoolers and they would like say all the news and then at the end he'd like go on these huge riffs where it was like puns back to back to back to back um it's kind of goofy it was goofy as hell, and they were showing it to sophomores in high school. And <laughs> my teacher, my this is super off topic, but my world geography teacher, uh, she hated me. She she made a point at the beginning of every year where she was like, "I only really yell at one student per per school year, and I hope that's none of you." I was the one that got yelled. She at sounds like a semester, dick. So. Yeah, yeah, she's an absolute <laughs> dick. Uh, I wish nothing but the worst for now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, she she yelled at me because I I flipped a bottle in class and it landed and doing a bottle flip like, oh. challenge. And we, yeah, and we were like, oh, 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 like me and my friends in the corner, we were like trying to go, and she's like, Reed, put down the bottle, and I'm like, all right, damn, like why are you yelling at me? Well, that's mean, a heartbreaking a little, story to tell. It was a heartbreaking I was, anecdote. I was probably a little, and yeah. and uh high school but i don't know she could take away that bottle but she could never take away the time because i think it's time <laughs> to check that timing and it's time for your take milo better check that timing it's time for milo's take yep love to see it so patty mahomes as you all know i do is headed to his fourth super bowl i believe he is his fourth Super Bowl because he lost to the man Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Um, but we're not talking about Tom Brady and his legacy. We're talking about Mahomes and his legacy versus 
Aaron Rodgers and his legacy. So I saw someone say this a while back on 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 Twitter, and they were saying um, they're saying Mahomes' legacy, if he wins another ring, will be greater than Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I say it's still too early to say that. There's a reason why. Aaron Rodgers has four MVPs. I get that he only has one suit. He has one Super Bowl ring, right? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has one, correct? Yeah. So he he doesn't have two. Aaron Rodgers is just a one twenty eleven. Yeah, but he's got four MVPs to his name. Patty Mahomes. I'm sure he'll have four MVPs by the time it's all said and done. Uh, I'm not saying that Mahomes' legacy will never be greater than Aaron Rodgers because, without a doubt, it will be. I think it will yeah. be. Just yeah. not if he wins in two weeks. If he wins another Super Bowl in two weeks, I do not think his legacy will still be greater than Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers, right now, his career, I mean, he's undoubtedly, if he retires today, he's going to the Hall of Fame. We all know that. Um, and he's he's still going strong at, at, you know, I don't know how old he is, right? He's approaching He might 40, go to the Cornball of Fame, too. The corn the cornball fame too. Yeah, I know. I know. A Rod is very uh, political, uh, and me being a Jets fan here, I stand up for him. But um, I just think Mahomes is not there yet in terms of legacy. Uh, another thing that I saw, I know we're comparing Mahomes to Rogers, but I saw a video of um, I think it was Gronkowski. I think Gronk, some some guy was interviewing him. And he's asking, he was just doing rapid fire. So he's like, Mahomes' legacy will be greater than blank if he wins the Super Bowl ring against the 49ers. And so they're rattling off players. Yeah. And he had the audacity to say, yes, that Mahomes' legacy will be greater than Peyton Manning if he wins the Super Bowl. Gronk said that? I think it was Gronk, yeah. And Mm. I said, I was like... I don't agree with that at all, dude. Like, and I don't I mean, know how anybody's agreeing with that. I mean, P Man has he has five MVPs. That's the record. Yep. Uh, in two, two different Super decades, Bowls, by the way. Uh, two Super Bowls. That's correct. One with the Colts. One with the he did Broncos. It with two different teams, too, right? Fourteen-time yeah. Pro Bowler. Yeah, one yeah. with the Colts, one with the Broncos. He is a passing leader three times. I mean. <laughs> I mean, Peyton Manning is, in my opinion, forty passing yards. Yeah, yeah. So my top, my top two is Brady and Manning. I mean, I know that the number two spot is debatable, but Manning is easily my number two. And so, well, to say that Patty Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, is going to surpass him if he beats the 49ers in the Super Bowl this year, I don't think so. That's valid. So. That's valid, and I, I completely agree with you. Damn it. Agreeing with you when you have your take. <laughs> no, I completely agree <laughs> yep. with you. Um, Peyton Manning, if Tom Brady didn't, if 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 Mister Tom, if Mister Brady, Tom Brady's dad, had gotten Tom Brady into like, if he would have said, "Son, you should go to the," he was drafted by the Blue Jays, or the Expos. I mean, you should go to the Expos, son, and play baseball. If Tom Brady chose to play uh, baseball. Peyton Manning would probably be a four-time title winner and the undoubted GOAT. So that tells yeah. me that he's number two of all time. Um, I know a lot of people like to argue Montana, um, but, I mean, check those stats yeah. for P-Man. And 
I do yeah. want I do want to add on to your take a little bit. Just comp- if we're comparing the modern game to the older players. Yep. It bothers me slightly that you know because Peyton and and Tom they were always very respectful of each other. You know, every chance they got, they'd be like, "Yeah, man, he's the greatest of all time." And then they'd go back and go, "No, you're the greatest of all time." They'd be like <laughs> pointing fingers at goat, like, "Yeah." No, you're the goat. No, you're the goat. Um, I don't think that Mahomes and Burrow or Mahomes and Allen have that same respect for each other. I mean, I, I'm sure no. they have respect for each other, and they've both been in the media and talked good about each other. But that I keep thinking back to what Mahomes did to Allen in that regular season matchup. Oh yeah, that that was. I mean, that was yeah, a, that was ridiculous. Yeah, but like it's also. Just kind of going off your point here. Um, it's a very clear cut goat, though. Like Manning, Manning and Brady. I think Manning always got the benefit of the doubt while Brady was still playing because Manning had more accolades at the time. Um, but you know, as time went on, Brady, you know, won more, and he, he continued to yeah. play until he was like in his 40s right so yeah he, he was and he's still winning he's still dominating i mean he beat mahomes in the super bowl at the age of 40 what 44 something yep. like that so yep. i i think there was a much i don't know i i think it was a little bit closer of a debate yeah. when both manning and brady were in the nfl whereas now it's like mahomes is the consensus like there's there's no doubt like Mahomes is just he's on a different level from guys yeah, like from Allen, everyone else from everyone else I, mean, I would have said I would have said if if Lamar yeah I was about to say if Lamar Jackson went on to win the Super Bowl this year and he beat out he beat out um, Mahomes and he won his second MVP then maybe you could start making the discussion but even at that I feel like Mahomes is still the cleared number one for now I'm gonna say something you're not gonna like Give Caleb Williams two years. Not if he goes to Chicago. <laughs> not, hey. not if he's playing for the Bears two years. He's still not he's he's not gonna have a playoff appearance in two for years that, if he goes to Chicago. Caleb Williams, you were the greatest college football player, one of the greatest of all time. For that, you get to go to Chirac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, no, but I can I am, definitely see your argument there where yeah. I would love to see. I think it would be phenomenal for the NFL to have, you know, Mahomes be the Manning of this era and Williams come in and try and be that Brady of the era, if that That, makes sense. That's so possible because they both play so similarly, both have a really good, um, really similar attributes. Uh, I think Caleb Williams is more similar to Josh Allen in the way he plays, but like a better Josh Allen, more athletic. Um, but arm wise, they both have similar arm talent, uh, on the ground. They're pretty similar, both physical runners. Caleb's faster though. And that's, that's yeah. something I don't know. I mean, I could certainly see it going it that way. Um, but here's my thing, man. I would think it would be so great if the bears made the biggest mistake they've ever made and drafted Maserati Marv first overall <laughs> and let Williams drop to the commanders. Because I think that with scary Terry McLaren and you know oh, what yeah. the commanders have kind of built over there, I think if you put Williams into that, I think that's really, really could be something special. 
Of course, people have a bad taste of quarterbacks who go to the commanders, especially Heisman winning quarterbacks. Everybody remembers what happened with RG3 yeah. uh, and Jay Gruden and him reminded you what happened on with RG3 <laughs> as they argued about it on Twitter, which was kind of funny considering it's 12 years ago. But yeah, uh, I mean, you don't want to see the kid make the a decision that will ruin his career, but you also, I, I'm not a big fan of when Caleb or his, well, Caleb's never said it, but his dad is like, well, you know, we could just be undrafted free agents and find <laughs> wherever we want. It's like, no, you can't dude. No. That's not allowed. But no. yeah. And plus if, if it was, that would be super, super, that'd be super presumptuous and unfair. Yeah. I think he would, he would literally become the most hated player in the NFL <laughs> if he were to do that. So Oh, for but, sure. But I yeah, mean, that's I, just I like know. next level ego. And I don't think he has that. I no. think that was just his dad spitballing. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. just to recap my take, um, Mahomes legacy better than Rogers if he wins his third chip. No. I don't think so. Not yet. Not and especially yet. It, not better than Manning. Not yet. He Mahomes has got to be in the league for a decade, which you know, it, it's scary thinking that's only in three years. Yeah. Like Mahomes has been in the league since I was 15 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. That's kind of insane. But um, you got to get a decade of sustained success if you want to be compared to the big boys because they yep. all had that. So give him a decade. If he has five in three years, the NFL is one. Uh... <laughs> the NFL's cooked. The point, NFL's dude. cooked. Uh, because the Chiefs are the new Patriots, um, and then... I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I I know that. Um, and I've been seeing people talk about it's it's really like it's really like a Brady Belichick situation because you know you got Mahomes acting as Brady, Andy Reid acting as Belichick, and so I kind of feel the thing. like Andy Reid is in less good health and exactly. And, well, he's in less good health than Belichick, exactly. Let's Which honest, is why I don't Belichick. know. I don't. We don't know how much longer Andy Reid has in the tank, and I kind of feel like the Chiefs without Andy Reid, they're not the same. They'll still be competitive, no. but I, I mean, I just don't. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. And I, I honestly, if they win the Super Bowl this year, I could definitely see Andy Reid retiring. Yeah. If you want to hear my hot take, if they win the league this year, I could see Travis Kelsey calling it a career, mm, joining his brother. Did- yeah, rocking Jason off into the sunset with Jason Mrs. Swift. Is, Jason is probably going to call it a career, I think. Yeah. But would I be surprised to see Travis be like, you know what? I'll join you, bro. I've done everything I wanted to because he talks about a lot on that podcast about being in pain. Don't want to be in pain anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Any last thoughts on your take, or, or or are you good? Are you content? I think I'm pretty content. I think I've made my point. I know there's a lot of people that might disagree with me and say, oh, Mahomes is the GOAT right now. Give him something. He needs that sustainability. He and, needs that sustainability. I got to see him when he's 35 years old, still, still slinging it. Another Mean Green Podcast.
Well, Milo, to start cornball of the week, I, I give you a question. What do Mahomes and the Astros not have in common? Hmm. Cheating? They Perhaps. don't cheat. They don't cheat. Well, Milo, if you love cheaters like John Fields loves the Astros, who are cheaters, you are going to love the enhanced games. <laughs> <laughs> My cornball of the week is the enhanced games. It is it's not a individual, it's a collective. Um there th- let me explain what the enhanced games are. <laughs> the enhanced games. <laughs> the enhanced games. Uh their website says the backed by the world's top venture capitalists, the enhanced games is the Olympics of the future. When 44% of athletes already use performance enhancements, it is safe it is time to safely celebrate silent science. Sports can be safer without drug testing holy moly lance armstrong just read that and started jumping up and down barry bonds lance armstrong mark mcguire oh my gosh they're they're so excited jose altuve (laughs) he didn't use peds but he probably should have a little short um anyway um the enhanced games are the dumbest thing i've ever heard of in my life what the what the heck are we doing (laughs) Why are we why are we pushing PEDs? I don't know if this is is this an actual thing? This, it is a one I did my research. I was I thought it was incredulous. And then I did my research and sure enough, I found Enhanced on, Games 2024. Bill, yeah, billionaire Peter Thiel backs doping. <laughs> this is incredible. Backs world's doping fa- world's fastest rival. man. It's enhanced.org, a better version of the Olympics. This is insane. It's literally like the boys, but like, you know. Yeah. For sports. Yeah. This is crazy. I'm on their website right now. Science is what I am. Hey, the athletes. Media inquiries. We got to get them on here. Talk about them. (laughs) That would be be crazy. Can you talk about where this idea came from? Dude, there's going to be boxing. You're going to kill someone. Jesus. <laughs> the enhanced games. When 44% of athletes already use performance. 44% of athletes already okay. use performance. And I want to see where okay. you got that from. But there's a huge asterisk to that because performance enhancing, a Celsius is considered performance enhancing. Yeah. Look at so. this. This is crazy. The 2011 Arab Games, 42.9% were natural. <laughs> what the hell is that? Well, 57.1 were enhanced. This is crazy. The Arabs are doping like crazy. Dude. Oh, I found, here's the thing, leak to us. In 1896, Pierre de Coubertin renovated the ancient Olympics, retrofitting the historic games to align with the values and expectations of the Victorian world. So they're pretty much... I, what kind of message does this send to athletes? Well, this shows a clear disregard. It's a clear disregard for their health. If you inject yourself with needles and you know give yourself a way higher chance of having a heart attack, then you should do the enhancement games. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I am kind of appalled seeing I, this. This is wild. I mean, this is insane. I mean, just insane. 
This is not something that should be pushed. And for that, they're the cornball of the week. Just to remind you, I know we had a lengthy conversation about this, but they are my cornballs of the week because this is not something that should be pushed ever. Yeah. No, no. You've seen people literally die from performance enhancements. Um, so I don't know why you would try and push this. I understand we're in a new era where science is yeah. only getting quote unquote better. Um, but well, science is real. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, but like, I don't know. Yeah. No, even in today's day and age, you still should not be pushing this. It's also no. like, I don't know how much, I don't know how much attention this is going to get in terms of like actual fans. Like, are people actually yeah. going to show out to watch this? Because, well, here's this is the the non-sports fan is going to freaking love this the people that call sports sports ball oh yeah hell yeah this is like superhero sports holy moly thanks for the sub guys they're gonna love this like um but the sports enjoyer that actually knows ball um and has a life um will will not enjoy this i don't enjoy this i don't think this is a good idea i think it is an awful idea and i think it if it does get big, then it could, you know, really ruin some things for up and coming athletes, especially kids. You don't want kids to yeah. get into oh, doping yeah. early. You, you know, know and if, they see, also... if they say, wait, I can make money and do this event if I dope, like you don't want that. Oh, yeah. I've also got one question, which yeah. is how far can you dope? How much can you take? Right. Is there know. is there like... a certain limit? Because if not, players are just going to be like, oh, he's taking a dosage way he's taking way more doses than me i need to up my dosage i need to take more doping and there's bobby jennings from azerbaijan he just did an entire line of cocaine with his friends in the back thing and now he feels like he's gonna run a million miles per hour his heart's beating at 280 beats per minute and he's running on pure testosterone that they usually gets injected (laughs) into a horse and they're off and he's dead he died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's literally gonna happen. They're gonna get in. They're gonna get into a doping contest. They're gonna be like, "Oh, he did yeah. one line of coke. I'm gonna do three. And then the next, the other person's gonna come back and be like, "Oh, he did three. I'm gonna do five. And they're just gonna compete. And there, there's got to be a limit on it that makes it safe, quote unquote, yeah. safe. Yeah, and I mean that. That I mean, I don't. I don't want to like say this without any scientific backing. Um, I'm too lazy to research it right now. Yeah. But doesn't that kind of stuff like significantly raise the chances of you getting cancer? I know a lot of people speculated that Lance Armstrong got testicular cancer from doping. So it's just dangerous. You know, you don't want to, I don't personally, me is a huge sports fan. You and I are both huge sports people. Seeing somebody that's on horse steroids versus somebody who on like elephant steroids is not, that doesn't sound fun to me. That sounds almost Sounds scary yeah yeah um I, I, I can't believe this is a real thing and who's gonna stop thing. them too so so now my I, i'm sure i'm sure that this is a real thing to where it's somewhat safe they say yeah. it is time to safely celebrate science so i'm going to assume that they are not doing you know coke or yeah. whatever they're not taking elephant steroids I'm sure that it's it's pro- what it really is. It's probably just a minor. It's probably a minor thing to help if those not, who are struggling to you know maybe be competitive. I guess if I they're know. not if they're not checking steroids, if they're not ch- drug checking, then how can you? Yeah, 
read that's for a sure very, what, that's a very good point too. Taking, yeah, sports can be safer without test, drug testing. This yeah. is why regulations exist. Yep. You know, everybody hates the regulatory body. I, I am not a fan of the NCAA by any means. I think they make the wrong decision all the time, but you need a sanctioning body. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. Very enhancement games. Y'all are cornballs. Stop pushing steroids. They're not good. Stop. Who's your cornball of the week, Milo? The Memphis Tigers. Can you believe? Can you believe Memphis and their fan base? This is a team that I believe they started the season ranked. They got a guy named Penny Hardaway, who is, you know, brought a lot of experience to this program, a lot of high expectations and hopes. Um, and they've lost the past four straight, and they're seventh in the American. Am I reading that right? Could it possibly be that you guys were all talk? You guys were talking everybody. You guys were literally standing there, balls to the wall, going, come on, I'll take you on. UNT fans, come on, I'll take you on. SMU, get that shit here. The FAU, you guys don't even deserve to be in the top 25. Okay, and guess what? Now, you guys are out of the top 25. You're trash, and... I, I don't know what's going on. This is a this is a historic downfall for Memphis. It is. If, they, if they can't get it in drive, then it is a historic downfall because you went from literally being a favorite to not just win the American, but to make the big dance, to make the NCAA tournament. I mean, at this now, junction, yeah. they're not even an at large. Yeah, yeah, and and that it, that's wild for a team that's got you got Penny Hardaway as your coach. Really? Well, Penny Hardaway is a clown, dude. I mean, yeah. I hate to say it, but yeah. Penny's a clown. Did you you heard what he said at the beginning of the season? He's like, we're not really focusing on conference play. We yeah. think those non-conference yeah. games are more important. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's exactly my point, because those non-conference games that you didn't really think were that important, well, you've just dropped four of them to teams that yeah. you really should have beaten. Rice, really? By, by three points to the Rice Owls? And then UAB also, man, UAB spares nobody because they took down unt as well last night and so they took down memphis on the 28th um and they lost to tulane as well and they lost to south florida too it's just like i mean this has been january has not been the second half of january has not been too kind or was not too kind because now it's february 1st but uh the second half of january was not very kind to this memphis team Uh, that was supposed to, you know, raw dog everybody in the American. <laughs> and we haven't seen yeah. that. So Memphis and Penny Hardaway, you are my cornball this week because um, it has been a historic downhill spiral. And just to guys. wrap up your your cornball of the week, Memphis comes to the U of NT on February 15th. Uh, that is in two weeks. And what significance does February 15th have, Milo? It might just be, uh, you know, a lovely day, maybe. The day the day after Valentine's Day, maybe. I don't know the significance, do I? February 15th is my birthday. There you go. See, I don't know the significance. <laughs> I know wow. that you, I know, okay, 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 
I know that you love logging everybody's birthdays. You can probably tell yep. me my birthday. Uh, but I do not log people's birthdays in my phone. I'm really bad about that. I don't have I'm it in really my phone. T- I just remember them. Yeah, I'm really bad at remembering birthdays anyways. So my apologies. I know that John Fields' birthday is coming up February uh, as well. <laughs> Come on. February you know 8th is Eighth? John's birthday. Your your birthday is three days before my mom, so October 13th. Yo, um, you're crazy, dude. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> how you how, remember all that. That's how I remember that, because three days before my mom. He oh, loves birthdays. He's a he's a knower of birthdays. No, Reed I'm a good, I'm a I'm a good friend and family member. So I I'm not I'm not a good friend for not remembering your birthday. No, that no. I'm just I'm not saying you're not a you're not a good friend. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying I remember birthdays. That's my thing. Okay, so Memphis comes to UNT on your birthday. Yes, February fifteenth. Well, hopefully so. they give you a good game to report. Yeah, you know, I can't wait for my birthday food to be some soggy fries from the <laughs> media room. <laughs> some soggy well, fries. You know, you get a hot dog with that. <laughs> what a lovely birthday, birthday present. Dude. Because they're going to put a candle when, in that hot dog. Listen, dude. I appreciate <laughs> Listen, I appreciate that they feed us for free at the super pit, but the yeah. food is always like super condensated and it's always the same fries. And it's like in one of those, like, you, you know, when you order from Chili's, it's like the plastic thing. It's the same oh, yeah. one. I don't know if it's Chili's, yeah. but plastic thing. It's always like fries that are like, you can shake them around like that and they won't break apart. That's how soggy <laughs> they are because they've just been condensating in that room. Oh, my you God. get to them and that... then you, you, you're you expecting a nice little crunchy, crunchy fry. Oh. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. it's like <laughs> you're eating <laughs> soggy fries. The, um, the description of soggy fries is making my mouth salivate. Man, I can't wait to try some soggy fries. <laughs> Come to the super pit, man. Get your credentials, and you can have all of the soggy fries you oh, like. Man. All right. Wow. Well, yeah. So that'll that'll wrap up my yeah. cornball yeah. of the week. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to see any Memphis fans talk for a while on Twitter. Okay. Uh, you know what, my I don't we want to see it. So good. We. Were, I just want to say this. We were doing so good on bleeps, but you really. That that oh, final yeah. segment, you you really just made sure yeah. to make my editing job a lot harder. I am deeply sorry, but you can blame yeah. the Memphis Tigers for being yeah. I'll, bad. I'll blame them. Yeah, I guess uh, the Memphis Tigers fans. Yeah, there um, you go. Add another one. There yeah. we go. I mean, there's already a bunch anyway. All right, just to end out the show, what are you doing this weekend? I am. Uh, I wanted to go see the mountains, uh, Santa Monica Mountains, last week. And and uh, we didn't get around to doing it, so I might try and do it this weekend. It's a, a little cheeky mountain visit. A little cheeky mountain visit. It's about an hour and fifteen minutes, hour and twenty minutes away from us. So uh, might take a little road trip. Uh, we might not. Uh, we will see. But uh, we'll definitely maybe try and go out and do something this weekend, there you if go. the weather permits. Because we've had a little bit more rain here in wow. SoCal. Uh, surprise, surprise. We've been getting some good rain. As of late. So, yeah. So, if might, I remember correctly, this week. if I remember correctly, Santa Monica is a national park, correct? It is designated it, as a national park. It is not designated as a, I don't think it's designated as a national park. Um, the mountains are a, uh, they're a national recreation area. Uh, not, okay. They are not do, a Do you have to pay to park. get into them? I don't think you do. 
Okay. And so if you do, it's only uh, national parks. You only have to pay thirty bucks to get into. Memories, My dad but... gets info free, and so do I. Oh, look at that! Maybe you can uh, take a trip down yeah. to Big Bend. I know that's the only national park in Texas. So, but, my sisters yeah. Harper and Jordan really want to go to Big Bend, but I'm just not. I don't know. I'm not that big of a go and look at nature type person. I don't. I don't really know if Casey is. Um, when we were in Boston, we looked at the ocean like twice, maybe. Um, both times See, I was there. I wasn't either until I moved to California, and I was like, dude. The rest, there's some beautiful parts of this country. I just did not, I wasn't aware of it because I lived in North Texas. You know, there's not much, it's a concrete jungle there. So, uh, you know, moving out to, moving out to California definitely changed yep. my perspective on it. Makes sense. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to see one, one fascinating thing. For me, that was, a uh, went to Sequoia National yeah. Park and that just kind of blew my mind. We came, we came back from Sequoia and like two days later, we booked our Yosemite trip. So, uh, looking forward to going there in April. I'll be fine. Yeah, y'all are doing that for spring break, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, quote air quotes around spring break because we we don't really get one, but uh, I wish we did. Yeah, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll be taking we'll be taking some time off work and going to spend a day, two days there. That'll be nice. Well, that'll be lovely for you and uh, your lovely girlfriend. Um, this weekend I'm watching my lovely girlfriend uh, play hockey. <laughs> Um, not, I'm not flying there this time. Don't worry, people. I'm not going to ditch your coverage again, uh, for the rest of the sports semester. I'm, not, I'm out of money. No, um, <laughs> unless she makes the natty title, I, I will not be missing anything. Um, but no, uh, going to be watching her play from the humble abode, um, on Friday and Saturday. And then uh, I'm going to report some UNT men's basketball on Saturday. Because, you know, what I love spending my weekend doing is eating soggy fries at the Super Pit. I'm a sicko. I like doing those kind of things. That's pretty much it. Soggy fries. I don't know if I'm going to watch the Pro Bowl on Sunday. There's no injury anymore. It's not really worth it. It's flag football. I mean, I could do that. I I don't want to watch football to see things I can do. (laughs) Yeah, that's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah, Yeah. but that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. Anything to add, Milo? I don't think so. I think we've uh, we've spoken everything that we've needed to get out of our mouths, and uh, <laughs> I think that's it. I think it's uh, that we can call it a wrap. All right. Well, awesome. Well, listeners, if you enjoyed listening, then you'll love being a Mean Green 24-7 VIP with basketball season in full swing and softball right around the corner. I mean, right around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. It starts in a week. That makes me tired. But with softball right around the corner, you'll not want to miss content like By the Numbers for UNT Men's Basketball that looks at the wins and the losses by the facts and the figures to make sure to never miss the UNT content that you deserve, written by yours truly. Become a VIP today. It's not very expensive, and it puts a smile on a young man's face. And, I mean, isn't that what we're all striving for? I'll stop being the cornball of the week and close out this episode. Two big losses in a row for UNT men's basketball, but they're going to be looking to bounce back against a tough, gritty USF team that has already beat Memphis this season. That'll be it from us. For Milo, I'm Reed. Peace out, everyone.